Welcome to the show. I'm Lucas Miles, and you're listening to the Lucas Miles Show on the Edify Podcast Network and also a featured podcast of faithwire.com. Welcome to the Lucas Miles Show. I'm your host, Lucas Miles. You know, if you know anything about my story, I actually started in ministry as a youth pastor, and I've always had a real passion for seeing kids and students really develop into the people that God created them to be. And, you know, although the church plays a really important part in that process, it really starts in the home. And, you know, my wife and I, we don't have kids ourselves, but we do have a lot of nieces and nephews that were very involved in their lives. And this is a major topic for us, and it's also a major topic for my next guest. And his name is Ken Ham, and he wrote a book called Will They Stand? Parenting Kids to Face the Giants. You know, a lot of people know Ken because of his work with Answers in Genesis, as well as the Creation Museum. Uh, if you've been to the Ark Experience in kind of the Ohio, Kentucky area, you know, that's really what Ken is known for. But Ken has taken on this topic, which I think is a really brave topic, dealing Dealing with the home and really speaking to parents about how they can be bold in the face of some of the things that are facing their children today. And he calls these things cultural giants. You know, things like secularism and depravity and immorality, all kind of anti-Christian thought, all of these things are coming against our children today. And it's very important that as parents and as leaders and as ministers, that we learn how to not only walk through some of these topics ourselves, but also how to equip our children and the students in our lives to really be able to overcome any giant that they might face. So we have all that to dialogue about today and more, but before we get to this guest, I want to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. This episode of the Lucas Miles Show is brought to you by Cove. Visit covesmart.com and use promo code Lucas, that's L-U-C-A-S, for all of your home security needs. And here's my interview with Ken Ham. Welcome to the Lucas Miles Show. I'm your host, Lucas Miles, and I'm here today with my guest, Ken Ham. Ken, welcome to the program. Hey, Luke, it's great to be with you. So you've got a new book. You've written some books in the past, but this one's maybe on a little bit different subject than what people maybe expect to see you write about. And uh, the book is called Will They Stand? Parenting Kids to Face the Giants. And uh, tell us a little bit about what this book is about. Well, Lucas, uh, actually, I happen to have one right here. And you can see on the cover uh, where we have the five stones and the swing. And of course, facing the giants. I'm talking about the giants of secular humanism that have invaded our children, our churches, our culture in a very big way. And you know, one of the things that really concerns me as a Christian, as a Christian leader, is that the family is the first and most fundamental of all human institutions that God ordained in scripture. And the family is the unit that God uses to transmit that knowledge from one generation to the next and to the world around. And the family has come under incredible attack. And unfortunately, when you even look in churches, we see that the younger generations are moving away from the church. I mean, when you look at some of the statistics, 
and they divide groups according to when they were born. And so we have these different generations. So the greatest generation in America, 52% went to church. And then you go down through the silent, you go down to the baby boomers. I'm in the baby boomers generation. Then it's down to 32%. And then you go down to generation X, then generation Y, the millennials, then it's 18%. Right. And then generation Z, George Barna said, are the first truly post-Christian generation, twice as likely as atheists to be uh, atheist as any previous generation. So we're losing those coming generations. And I believe there's been a failure of parents in many ways to train up their children and a failure of the church to train people to be able to train up godly offspring. And so I wrote this book really going back to the days when my parents taught us from the scripture and how they trained us to build our thinking on God's word and to have a truly Christian worldview, taught us apologetics to defend the Christian faith. All of that led to the Answers in Genesis ministry and the two leading Christian themed attractions in the world, the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter, and millions of people come to a year. But it's a legacy of parents who raised up their children to stand boldly and unashamedly on the authority of the word of God. And so I weave that testimony throughout this book, but then go into what are the biblical principles? What does God say? Not what we think, not what somebody else necessarily told you. What does God say about how we're to raise up children? What's the priority in education? What's it all about? What's the role for father? What's the role for mother? And so on. And so put all that together in a particular way. And you know something about this. You have five children yourself. Is that correct? Five children, four that are married and just had our 18th grandchild. Well, that, that, uh, that's a little bit of credibility there. If you're going to talk about children, I think that's certainly uh, an opportunity to see these principles at work as well. So, uh, you know, my background, I I'm a pastor, but I'm also, uh, I studied philosophy and religious studies in school. And so, you know, when I, when I see something like secularism or, or secular humanism, it's hard to not think about these things without going back, you know, and looking at Hegel and Kant and some of these guys that really, you know, were here kind of in the offspring of their uh, uh, secular philosophies, you know, today and, and living that out. I don't think most people realize that. Is that something you've looked into at all? Well, one of the things that uh, we have really looked into is the way in which, you know, naturalism, you know, the secularism is really naturalism uh, and how that has invaded our whole thinking through the education system and through the church in many ways as well. I mean, when you go back to the 1700s and 1800s, we then have particularly those who wanted to explain everything without God in every yeah. area of life. And so their philosophies started to permeate through the culture. And we're seeing the consequences of that today and what's been worked out in our culture. So in our modern you know, day, as you're talking about, what are some of these giants that our families are facing? Well, you know, th there's many, of course. I mean, we could look at our culture and see that it was once very Christianized. Uh, but I'd say the culture has become very secularized. And so we see moral relativism permeating the culture. And so I think, you know, one of the big giants right now is the LGBTQ movement, which is uh, really uh, driving a lot of what we're seeing happening in the culture, even though it's a minority viewpoint, but it's being used and weaponized, particularly, I think, against Christians and, yeah. and against the church. And so you've got all those issues and the issues that come out of that, like gay marriage and gender and so on. Then you have issues like abortion and we have other issues in our culture like pedophilia and then racism and dealing with that issue and all that's being talked about in regard to white privilege and so on that's going on in our culture. And one of the things I try to help people to understand is that, look, as a Christian, 
how do we deal with all these issues? How do we how do we raise up our children? And of course, you know, I'm in the Ministry of Answers and Genesis, so the teaching of evolution and millions of years that really has an effect on the way people view the Bible and view the book of Genesis. And so understanding science and what science is and what it isn't, they're the giants our kids are facing. And 90, 90 to 95% of kids from church homes actually go to the public schools where they're really being taught uh, an atheistic philosophy in many ways, by and large, because they basically throw God out, the Bible out, prayer out, creation out. They now teach you can explain everything by natural processes. And of course, that affects your worldview in every single area. And so one of the things that I really try to get people to understand is that ultimately there are two foundations for your worldview. You have to start from God's word and God is one who knows everything. He's revealed to us what he wants us to understand about the true history of the universe in the Bible and all man's word, that man by himself determines truth, autonomous man determines what's right and what's wrong. And those two worldviews that come out of those two foundations are in conflict. And we need to raise up generations who know what they believe, why they believe what they do, able to defend the Christian faith, answer the skeptical questions of our age so they can deal with these giants that have been invading every every area of, of the culture and unfortunately causing many to stumble when it comes to God's word. And we see this exodus from the church and, and we see many that were brought up in the church now have more of a secular worldview being played out in the culture. And so we see Christians now even being persecuted. I mean, the people out there that are claiming, you know, for instance, if you take uh, Facebook, uh, just came out with uh, all these rules and regulations about who they're going to take down or face. Right. And, you know, they say if there's hate speech against Muslims or against LGBTQ or whatever, and how they determine hate speech, but they don't say Christians. And one of the things I have found is I get people who get on my social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is, they make some of the most blasphemous statements, vile statements, pornographic statements. I mean, some of the horrible personal attacks, that's okay. But if I, as a Christian, say, well, I believe homosexual behavior is wrong because of what the Bible says. I believe abortion is wrong because the Bible says. Then suddenly I'm homophobic, I'm misogynist, and therefore, uh, you know, I'm giving hate speech, and therefore what I say can't be allowed to be made public. That's so what. That, yeah, that, that was going to be my next question because, you know, obviously, and you've kind of identified this already. I mean, if, if we take a stance on biblical truth, you know, we're seeing this where people are very quickly labeled bigoted, homophobic, you know, whatever that is. And, you know, as adults, we might be able to deal with that or we might just be able to say, look, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I'm going to follow God. But when we're talking about children during these formative years of their life, you know, what are some tips and tools that you are recommending to parents in order to help kids in those situations uh, maybe be able to face some of that, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, persecution or or uh, uh, some of the judgment that's out there, you know, in, in our society. Well, you know, one of the things that I think people need to understand and in, in, in training children uh, to make sure you train them the right way. And that is that to understand that they do have a worldview and their worldview has a foundation. And so where does your worldview come from? I say that because, you know, I've been in situations even in secular universities uh, where the LGBT group have been sitting in the audience and they are ready to accuse me of hate speech. And they actually, you know, even tried to stop me from going to that university saying, Ken Ham's gonna bring hate speech. He shouldn't be allowed to be here. And, you know, that even got in the newspapers and all the rest of it. So. When I was presenting to them, 
I wanted them to understand, look, the reason I believe what I do, I start from the Bible. I admit mm -hmm. that right from the start. I think that's a problem that many Christians have is that they think, oh, if I admit that, I'm, I'm religious. And they're going to say, I'm religious and therefore, you know, I shouldn't be allowed to be heard and so on. We have to let them understand where we start from. Because I start from the Bible and the Bible says God made Adam and Eve, he made them male and female, and then uh, he made the first marriage, one man and one woman. I want you to understand that's why I believe the way that I do. We want to train our children up so that we don't just tell them, here's what to believe. And then when you go out and you talk to a non-Christian, they sometimes get the idea that you're being intolerant of their belief and you're trying to impose your belief on them. But if you explain to them, look, I understand if you don't believe the Bible and you uh, say there's no God. I totally get it why you determined that gay marriage is okay. I totally get it why you would support abortion. I understand that. I just want you to understand I start from here. That's why I believe what I do. So it's not me attacking you personally. I think a lot of non-Christians have the idea that we Christians attack them personally. And if we explain to them where our beliefs come from, where our worldview comes from, why we have the worldview that we do, and admit to them, if you don't have that foundation I have, I totally get it. Why are you going to disagree with me? I've just found that to be very disarming. And I've always tried to train our own children that way. You've got to know why you believe what you do, where it came from, explain that from the foundation up. So then it takes the emotionalism out of the argument because you've said to them, you don't have the same foundation as me. Oh, we're not going to agree. And until we get down to believing the same foundation. We're never going to agree. So let's understand why we have this clash of worldviews. And, you know, from a biblical perspective, to, to sort of give it uh, an, an aspect of what the Bible says about training children, you know, where to be the salt of the earth? The scripture says where to be the salt, but not Mark 9.50 says have salt in yourselves. You can't be salt till you have it. Your kids can't be salt till they have it. And Matthew 5.13, for instance, says, if the salt's contaminated, it's good for nothing. So you want to put as uncontaminated salt in your children to m help them be the salt of the earth. And that means teaching them biblical truth. It means teaching them apologetics, how to defend the faith. It means teaching them foundationally to know where their thinking starts from and why they believe what they do. So then they can go out and be the salt of the earth. Uh, until we do that, we can't just throw them into the world and expect them to be the salt of the earth. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. They're, the world's gonna put contamination in there. We have to put real uh, salt in there, and that's something that I think parents need to be challenged with. Do you think you know for parents today? Do you think it's harder raising kids in this atmosphere than it was thirty years ago, forty years ago? Yes, it definitely is, and the reasons are many. But one of the things we need to understand is if you take the older generations, you know, the greatest, the silent, the baby boomers, they grew up in a more of a Christianized culture. Now, I'm not saying it was Christian, but, you know, if you take the founding fathers in America and not all were Christian, but by and large, they had a Judeo-Christian ethic that came from the Bible that permeated the culture. And so therefore, you know, Christian worldview had more of a favored status in, in the culture. But generations X, Y, and Z have grown up in a culture where, by and large, they, you know, you throw in the, the Christian veneer out of the public education system, you know, the Bible's gone, prayer gone, and so on. And secular, 
you know, humanism, evolutionary naturalism has really uh, come to the front there. And so now we're seeing generations that have more of a foundation of man determines truth. It's more in a, in a secular world. And I think uh, the churches haven't by and large caught up, majority of churches haven't caught up with teaching them how to think, teaching them logic, teaching them how to argue correctly with these people. If you don't understand how these people think today and how the secularists think, you won't know how to argue with them. And, and so they become the giants that can take over our kids and drag them away from the church, drag them away uh, from spiritual things. And then with all the materialism, I mean, the younger generations have grown up in a very materialistic culture. You know, my parents, as we were growing up in the state of Queensland, they virtually had nothing. And, you know, the first house that they lived in had a dirt floor for a kitchen and that sort of thing. And over time, you know, they were able to get a secondhand car and my father would fix it to uh, enable them to have a car because they couldn't afford, you know, to get that fixed. We never had television. And I remember when we got our first radio, the kids today, I mean, they get married and they, they want to have everything, a big house and a color TV and a Ferrari and everything right up front. And we see that sometimes, you know, we employ over... 800 people uh, full-time, another four or 500 seasonals at uh, the Ministry of Answers and Genesis and, and our attractions. But some of the younger generation, they come in, they, they think they can get the salary of a CEO and all the advantages of, you know, being CEO or president or something right from the start. You know what I mean? So it's, it is a different sort of culture and they think differently. They've been brought up differently, different influences from the TV, from the secular education system. We need to be aware of those so that we can be training them with the right foundation. You know what, obviously technology is a, uh, is a big concern for a lot of parents. You have, you know, apps that are out there from traditional social media apps to things like TikTok that have gotten a lot of uh, um, comments in the news. Do you have any sort of advice for parents as they're looking at some of these things to, uh, to navigate uh, maybe some of the pitfalls and some of the giants that are out there and in, in uh, the dangers in the in the technological world? Well, you know, I always look at the basic principles involved here. That's how I sort of deal with it. I mean, you, you know, it's like uh, people saying, you know, what are your standards for clothing and so on? I like to look at all the basic principles, starting from God's word. What should the principles be? And, you know, technology can be used for good and technology can be used for bad. But one of the basic principles here is, as you're bringing up children, is the uh, the fathers to the children shall make known your truth. Fathers, bring your children up in admonition of the Lord. If you look at Psalm 78, fathers, teach your children so they'll not forget to teach their children. Teach your children so they'll not forget to teach their children and not forget to teach their children. In other words, there's a responsibility of parents and particularly the father as the God-given responsibility of spiritual head of their home, according to the scriptures, for father and mother to make sure that they're looking after the education of their children that they haven't handed it over to the education system or haven't even handed it over to the Sunday school teacher or handed it over to the TV or, or whatever. In other words, when, as we raised our children and dealing with technology, we wanted them to have technology, but they knew there were rules and they, they knew that we checked everything and we censored everything to help them. But we would do that in a way that didn't come across legalistically. I think that's another problem. Sometimes, you know, it can come across as legalistic rules, but applying the principles of what does scripture teach about what we should be looking at and seeing and learning. And, you know, there's other things that we need to even consider in this, like in the teaching of, say, evolution. There are parents that say to me, 
well, did you teach your kids about evolution? And I would say, absolutely. I taught them about evolution because I wanted them to know what evolutionists believe and what's wrong with that and why what we would say, looking at science, how to answer uh, the things that they're saying. And so they need to be aware of what's happening in the world. We need to teach them about gay marriage and uh, we need to teach them about abortion, but we need to be careful the way that we do it and and how we do it, but we're teaching them for a particular reason, and that is to help them understand what's right and what's wrong using the absolute standard of Scripture. And that's always been something that my parents did for us. The Bible is the absolute authority. The Bible is the absolute standard. So everything we do, we do starting from God's Word, building our way of thinking, and then we judge everything against the absolute authority of the Word of God. So it's not just my opinion saying you can't do this or can't do that. No, that's good. That's good. Uh, so, so Ken, let me let me ask you this: If you were to be able to go back, maybe 35, 40 years, you know, what sort of things would you want to uh, kind of tell yourself back then? You know, with all that you've been able to learn over the years. Uh, Lucas, that's uh, that's an interesting question because uh, I've been asked that before. You know, and one of the things I've said to people is, "Well, God had to take me through the past thirty-five to forty years to know what I should be, <laughs> <laughs> to give me all uh, those experiences." But you know what? I, I think if I was to go back 35 or 40 years, I would have even an increased burden to really help parents understand if you don't raise up your children based upon the authority of the word of God and teach them how to defend their faith, you're going to lose them. Uh, in, and so many parents have lost their kids from the Christian faith, so to speak, because of that lack of training. I would be more burdened than ever to to warn the church about what's going to happen in in the future and how Christians need to be involved. I mean, woke capitalism, for instance, you know, the left is using that to come against Christians and to try to stop Christian organizations having funding and that sort of thing and using it as a, as power against Christians to, to, to warn people, you need to be getting involved in, in companies and you need to be getting involved in the world as salt and don't just stay in your, your churches in a little bubble here. We need to be involved in this world because otherwise the real world, which is wicked and perverse, as the scripture tells us, is going to take over. In fact, you know, that's what I would say to people. Right now, we're suddenly seeing the real world because the real right. world is like the world Noah saw, you know, when, where every thought of their heart was evil continually. And we're living in a per wicked and perverse generation, as Paul said in Philippians 2.15. And we're seeing that wicked and perverse generation. There's more on the broad way than the narrow way. Men love darkness rather than light. And so in a sense, in the past, I think one of the things I have recognized now is that we were living in more of an unreal world because of the influence of Christianity. And if we then become complacent about that and uh, don't understand what the real world really is, where men love darkness rather than light, the real world will start to take over in a big way as we're seeing happening now. And so now we're getting a taste of that a real world and uh, I can see persecution for Christians coming and all sorts of battles. We're in a massive culture war, which is a reflection of the spiritual war. Uh, but um, if I went back 35 or 40 years, I'd be warning people more about what that's going to mean and, and what that entails. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. I think you're right on. Uh, there are certainly uh, some giants that families are facing. Uh, today, uh, but I think this is a great resource. So my guest today is Ken Ham. The book is called Will They Stand? Parenting Kids to Face the Giants. Ken, thank you so much for being on the Lucas Miles Show. Welcome back anytime. <laughs> Thanks, Lucas. Anytime.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Lucas Miles Show. If you enjoyed my guest, Ken Ham, make sure and head over to his website, answersingenesis.org, for more on Ken, his various ministries, as well as to grab a copy of his new book. Until next time, I'm your host, Lucas Miles. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app.